on this episode of This is Game Boy. Once there was this cat that had a magic bag that turned to many different things and when his girl got kidnapped he went onto a perilous journey The Provskoons tried to stop him, tried to smash him so hard Everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of This Is Game Boy. Wow, that intro, huh? That, that was that was sure something uh, <laughs> that probably only people our age will remember. Uh, and for our younger audience, that was actually based on an actual song that existed. Uh, you might have heard it once or twice, <laughs> maybe, but like that, that was like a big hit <laughs> when we were o- kids. Only if their parents were listening to the radio. Yeah, and otherwise you'll be like what did i just listen to what is this uh but yeah uh so yeah we're back again with a full episode uh my apologies if i sound a little bit like a large plant eating domesticated mammal with solid hooves and a flowing mane and tail used for riding racing and to carry and pull loads uh but i've had a cold for like the past week so my throat is still a little bit uh, infected by it, I guess. But uh, well, that was a mouthful yeah. right there. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna explain that joke. <laughs> 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 I hope everybody got it. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't the only one sick. EBC here no, was sick as well. I was. I was. We were supposed to record last weekend uh, to get this episode out. I guess quote unquote on time. But yeah, no, I I was sick for. I don't know, six, seven days. Like, I still have a little <clears throat> little frogginess in me, so. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we might sound a little bit more, well, I would sound a little more deep-voiced. Uh, you already have, like, a deeper voice than me anyway, so. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, while we were sick, we were playing games, of course, because what else can you do? Sometimes. Um, so, so. <laughs> yeah. So uh let's see what uh what you have been up to, EBC. Um most recently I checked out the Game Boy Compo games that uh just literally like just came out a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um I played Severin, which was the itches which is the, the demo or well, the new game from Isma. Uh and he put a prologue uh intro or demo up for it and Wow. That's all. That's all I gotta say about that. Like, there's not much gameplay in the demo, and the gameplay that's there doesn't really give off like what the game is kind of going to be like because there's no collision, there's no like enemy fighting, whatnot. Like, you can move left to right in a platformer, 
but the graphics and the animated cutscenes are something I have never seen in a Game Boy game. <clears throat> and the fact that yeah. this is planned to be released for for the Game Boy on cartridge blows my mind. So, yeah, it looks absolutely amazing. It, it's so good looking. Uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, go check out Severin on uh, uh, Itchio. Yeah, Itchio, and all these other games on Itchio, like uh, uh, Two Bit Crook put in our in our Discord to go check out Dango Dash, which I, that was one of the other games I checked out. Super cute game, really fun game. Uh, I I I, I kind of want them to continue the game and like make it a bigger thing and actually make a release out of it because it is actually a really cool game. So, um, and then just a few others. Um, most of them are just like short demo E type things where like people took their bigger projects, cut them down in demo size and threw it up there. Uh, it, it's always fun to see like what people, what people have done versus other people. Like, like is is like put on, put on a pedestal, right? Cause like, Deadius was a masterpiece. Severin so far is set up to be a masterpiece. So, like, how do you follow that? And, um, like, Dango Dash did a, a phenomenal job. Like, it may not be as graphically intense as Severin, but the gameplay and the cuteness is is none other. Uh, and the little splash of color in there makes it, makes it really nice as well. Uh, so it's just interesting to see, like, all of these, like, people use different, P, like, different softwares, like actual GBDK, um, the Alpha uh, Studio 3, like Game Boy Studio 2, which is still technically in beta, um, and whatever else they can come up with. So it's it's always fun to see that, and always always interesting to see the ideas that do uh, do come from it. Other than that, I played Shapeshifter, which is another homebrew Game Boy game made by Green Boy Games. Uh, he just recently released a uh, Kickstarter for Shapeshifter 2, um, which blew past the pledge goal within, like, two hours, I think it was. So, congratulations, Green Boy Games, uh, on, on that success. Um, that in Shapeshifter 2 is going to be two cartridges. So, that's going to be a large game I'm really excited for. Uh, but Shapeshifter was cool. It's a very interesting game. Um, it's... Uh, it's a cool it's a it's a cool take on puzzle platforming because you have to transform into various different bugs or animals. So only one frustrating part about the game, and I'll let you all play it to figure figure out where you get frustrated. <laughs> um also John Rue just came out or just released a new Kickstarter for Gelatinous, I think it's called. Uh, which yeah. is which has met the twenty thousand dollars stretch goal already. Um, so he's gonna make nice. it make it in Game Boy Color now, but it'll still be able to be played on Super Game Boy Two. It sounds like so that's good. Um, and if you don't know who John Rue is, John Rue is the creator of Quest Arrest or Arrest Quest, or I think it's Quest Arrest. Um, really fun Pokemon style game where. Turn-based combat, just like in Pokemon, where you're a detective and you need to figure out who's robbing the bank. Uh, really cute game. Definitely worth a play. Uh, otherwise, Yamawari, you and I have been playing that kind of together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
an interesting game so far. We'll just say that. Um, <laughs> uh, WoW Classic, obviously. Burning Crusade Phase 2 just came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, New World, a brand new MMO, uh, came out a couple days ago. So I've been playing that with some friends. Uh, Deadia Speedruns, and I played Lucky Luke, which is a European exclusive Game Boy game. And that game, that game is fun. The music in it is pretty, pretty comical. The graphics are comical, but man, are the side scroll, the auto scrollers, frustrating. Yeah, there are a few of them in there. Yeah, yeah. From, just the, from what I remember, it's been a while a since I played that game. The game has a password system where you just get one password. It makes the game makes literally no sense at all when it comes to its like save feature. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird because like when you look at the other games, they have like, and with the other games, I mean from from Gonzalez's yeah. studio, uh, like Smurfs and Luck, uh, and Spirou and Tintin, they have like at least two or three passwords. Like every four stages, usually. Uh, yeah, Lucky uh, Luke was like like I was playing through Lucky Luke and I, like before I started a game, I always go through like the options and whatnot. I'm like, oh, there's a password system, cool. So as I was playing the game, like I would beat a boss, not get a password, and I'm like, all right. And then play through the next part, beat a boss, not get a password. And I was like, all right. And then eventually I got like towards the edge of the map, and I'm like, I bet you this game only offers you one password, and it's the midway point. And sure <laughs> enough, like once I got to the midway point of Lucky Luke, it gave me a password, and that was the only password it ever gave me. And I was like, why have a password system? Just give me continues at that point. So... Yeah. No, it is a, like, casually, it's a pretty long game compared to all those others, though. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe that's why they eventually put in one password so that people <laughs> could pick it back up again. So maybe there, there wasn't a plan for passwords to begin with. Oh. But yeah, it was, it's a fun game. Don't get me wrong; it's it's fun. It's just frustrating at times. But yeah, that's all I've been up to. Uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, I've I've played quite a lot, but it's all most of them are short games. So I'll I'll go over the short games. Like uh, I played some of my Steam games that I had in my library when I had like an hour to spare. Um, I played Momodora Three. Uh, mm. Momodora, Reverie Under the Moonlight, and Comet Striker. Um, I guess Reverie Under the Moonlight was like four hours, but uh, it was, I think, the first day when I was sick or something. I just played that for a few hours uh, before I went to, to lie down again. So that, that was a quick game, and Momodora 3 is, is also only like an hour and a half, maybe. Um, and Comet Striker, I had that for quite a while. I actually got a key for that once on enemy stream i think when he was playing it and the developer was in the in the the chat uh that's a really fun game but i'm not good at games like that it's i know there's an nes game that is super similar to this and that it's probably based on but i can't come up with a name but you're basically like a guy in a space suit uh, suit with a with with a laser gun um and you have to go quickly through each room uh killing either all the enemies or grabbing all the items to unlock the door um and then you you get to the boss you have to do it like as fast as you can like you you are timed constantly uh, but yeah, i can't come up with the name of that nes game but it's super fun and, and 
Um, I can see a lot of people who are really good at those games uh, have a lot of fun with this uh, because it, it does reward you for being super fast. And I just played it on normal difficulty and there, there's even more difficulties, but uh, check that out. Like, I, it's hard to explain the game, but if you see it, you immediately will recognize the NES game I'm talking about, probably. Um, <clears throat> I played a few Game Boy games, um, not that many, sadly, and again, they were all, well, this one might not be so so sure, but I played, uh, played two Japanese exclusive games. I picked those myself because nobody ever picks those when I'm raffling on my stream. Um, so I played Ponta Tohinako no Shinduchu Yutuhen. Uh, I have no idea what that means, but it's uh, a very cool concept. You're playing as a maybe raccoon that has a little bird friend and is the bird friend needs to find his mother again. Um, and the way this game plays is just like a normal platformer, but you can, you control the, the raccoon, if it is, even is a raccoon, I don't know. Uh, but you can let the bird fly and grab items that you wouldn't be able to get and things like that, which is a really cool concept, but they didn't really put much effort into it, so it comes uh, comes out as a very mediocre platformer that you can basically beat in uh, in half an hour the first time. And then you get the bad ending. And then you see there's a scoreboard, which is not a scoreboard, but actually a time-based board. Um, and if you beat the first place, which is, I think, 15 minutes, uh, you get the best ending. So it's kind of like a game already made for speedrunning way before speedrunning was officially a thing, which is pretty cool. But it's not a great game, but I really like the concept of it, at least. Um, and the second game I played for Game Boy was Sorry Yuko Kit. UK Kit? Sorry. Kit Clown. <laughs> it's it's Kit Clown. Um, and probably nobody knows uh, what Kit Clown is, but this is Crazy Castle 3. So what we know as Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle, but this is the third one. Uh, three only came out on Game Boy Color, but this is the Japanese version, which came out on Game Boy. And um, I, we're never going to do an episode on that. There's plenty of videos out there on the True. internet about the the entire yeah licensing thing about the Crazy Castle games. But yeah, this is Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 3. And I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, it has a lot more to offer than one at least i haven't played two yet um and it was a pretty long game it's like four and a half hours or something that it took me oh wow um yeah and it's it's i think it's 15 times four plus one level so it's four worlds and then an extra stage at the end uh, and you get a password for each stage uh, it even remembers how many lives you got but it, it's simple enough that you don't really need lives and i'm pretty sure it also has Unlimited continues, just like uh, Crazy Castle 1. Um, <clears throat> I also played some Super Nintendo games. I played through Super Mario RPG and Kirby's Dreamland 3. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, which I enjoyed more than the previous time I played it. Uh, Dreamland 3, that is. Like, Super Mario RPG is great. Yeah, but, it's uh, a great game. Yeah. But yeah, Dreamland 3 is definitely still my least favorite of the trilogy. Yep. 
Because it just plays so slow. Um, that's that's the only reason, really. It, it just feels so slow. Uh, and that's probably for me because I grew up with uh, Superstar or Fun Pack if you're from Europe. And the movement in that game for Kirby is like really fluent. And Dreamland 3 is like, yeah, just taking your time. And even sprinting isn't that fast. And the only way to go fast in Dreamland 3 is by having coup, basically. <laughs> like, that, then you can speed through the game. But, uh, but besides that, it's a pretty cool game. I like that each stage has its own quote-unquote puzzle that you have to solve to, to get an item to unlock the, the final stage. Um, but yeah, now in the future, I will I would love to play Dreamland 3, but yeah, 1 and 2 are like <laughs> so much, so much better. Uh, yeah. And I wish they would make a Dreamland 4 for once. Um, I don't know, the new one that's coming out is, it looks like Kirby Odyssey, basically. Uh, like a 3D Kirby game, I hope that's good. But I, I would like to see them make an actual Dreamland 4. Instead of, like, a gimmick Kirby game, like the previous ones. So. Like, Dreamland 3 had two really good things going for it. <clears throat> its art style was, I thought, yeah. absolutely phenomenal. And the and the final fight against Nightmare, I thought, was awesome. Yeah, that's... Well, it's uh, it's Dark Matter. Or Dark Matter, yeah. 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 I thought it was awesome. Everything else about the yeah. game, in my opinion, sucks. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not like it, it. I wouldn't say it sucks, but it's just too slow. I don't know why it it just I, feels so slow. I like the reason. I like the cameos towards the end where you get to see like Rob the robot and Samus and things like that. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think that's fun. But like overall, like yeah, I think the game is a too slow. Like it. I, I don't know what audience they were going for at all. Like, it seems like they wanted to do something new <clears throat> with Kirby, but it, like they, they just missed the mark on it. Because, like, Kirby, like, Dreamland 3 is, like, the fifth Kirby game to come out, you know, aside from the spinoff. So you had, like... So by this time, you've had Adventure, Dreamland 1, Dreamland 2, you know, <sighs> Pinball, Blockball, Star Stacker... Uh, superstar, I believe, because I think Dreamland Three mm. was the, like the last, like one, like one of the last NES games to come out. Yes. Uh, so you had all these other Kirby's already like structured, put put into play, and making a ton of money. But then they came out with Dreamland Three, which is like, I, I don't know, it, it just felt very different than the others. It just wasn't. It it didn't feel as responsive as a, for a Kirby game as the other Kirby's yeah. were. So, yeah, and don't get me started about Star Allies. Like Star Allies is a garbage game. You can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> I I'm I was okay with that game, but yeah, I don't super like it either. I'm skeptical <laughs> about Kirby Odyssey. We'll see what happens with that. But Star Allies, like. Uh, you 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 have opinions, and if you like Star Allies, that's your opinion. Just just know that there's like three abilities in the entire game, and the only reason that they're quote unquote different is because you get different elements. There's still three abilities, not twelve, three, and it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember that game, so yeah, like I remember enjoying it, but not like 
being impressed or anything. Yeah. The only um, redeeming factor of that game was being able to play as other Kirby characters in the franchise. That was <laughs> yeah, the only so cool. redeeming mark of that game, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, poor Star Allies. Garbage. <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's see my list. What I uh, haven't set yet. Uh, oh, I f- I was finally able to get to the end of Hades nice. for once, uh, and since then I've actually gotten to the end five times. So um, yeah, it's like any other rogue like or rogue light. So once you finish it, you. You know what to do, basically, and then it gets, quote-unquote, easier to do it, so... It's a fun uh, game. Same goes for this one. Yeah, it's really fun. Like, I, I sometimes just play it for, like, an hour or two. Um, but what I really like about Hades is, it's like, you always feel like you're making progress, at least. Yep. Uh, they did that very well. Um, <coughs> like, Binding of Isaac doesn't do it as well as Hades, in my opinion. But Hades is really fun. Probably also because it has a story that keeps building further and further. Uh, well, so does Binding of Isaac. Well, with like Hades, like you have the base story, right? Where you're, where you're, you're you know, you got to go against Hades and get, you know, and get out of hell. But, um, so you, like you have that ever, ever evolving story as, you know, the further you progress to the game or beating the game or whatever. But you also have, the story also evolves based off of like your, reputation quote-unquote with the other gods you know like mm-hmm. zeus and uh, uh i forgot a uh, tear and all those other people you know like the, the story evolves even based off of them as well too and then the story evolves even more like the more furniture and the more stuff you added into your your home base like there's just so many like moving elements to it that it it keep it keeps bringing you back because there's such an evolution, there's such a revolving door to the story with this. It's like yeah, it's a dungeon like, and at the end of the day, like you go from point A to point B with upgrades throughout the game, <clears throat> but the actual story is actually really interesting throughout the the entire thing. Yeah, and like the art style is amazing, the music yeah. is amazing. It just plays very well. I'm playing the Switch version, which might be the might be I don't know. Uh, like performance-wise, maybe a little bit less, but it's su- such a fluent game. I, I love playing it. So, uh, yeah. and it yeah, you don't feel bad when you <laughs> die in this game either. It's comical actually when you die. Yeah, well, yeah I use the shield yeah. a lot in that game. That's my go-to weapon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't have a go-to weapon actually. I, I switch it up every single run. Uh, I always go with the one that gives you the most bonuses at that point. And that keeps it fresh for me as well, like, instead of just always uh, trying the same thing. Uh, But yeah, those are my adventures in Hades. Uh, But speaking of killing gods, um, I've also finally played God of War 2018, as it's called, uh, the latest one. I, uh, yeah, I absolutely enjoyed this game. I, I did not think I was going to, because one, it's an open world game, and two, it's like the way I saw it, at least, because I, I didn't watch people play it or anything. The way I saw it was like, uh, how do you call that when there's always another person with you that you have to like protect and things like that? Uh, like an escort? And yeah, like an, indeed, it, it looked like a big escort mission type of game, 
which it's it's not. <laughs> it's totally not actually. So I was really glad for that. And it is open world, but it's open world done well for me. Um, yes, you can go explore places, but all those places are basically small stages. Like, it, it's not like this huge thing where you can just do whatever you want to do. It's really like, oh, you go to this place, this is like its own thing where you can figure things out. Maybe you don't have the right tool yet to uh, to do everything, but um, you can at least explore this little part of the world and see what you can get. And I think they did that very well. Like, I never felt lost in this game, um, as I have with a lot of open world games where I'm like... I don't know where to go. I there's too much to do. Like, I didn't have that with this, so that was really cool. Um, I'm not that much into Norse mythology, so a lot of the things they are referencing I don't know much about. Like, basically all I know is Odin and Thor. Like, all the rest I have no idea what's, what's going on. So, um, so the, that doesn't speak to me that much, but the reveal at the end... Like, just one stupid thing that they say, like, at the end was, like, mind-blowing to me. Like, I did not see that coming. So that was really cool. Uh, yeah, amazing game. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing Ragnarok whenever that comes out. And I hope it stays in the same vein, uh, that it doesn't go to open worlds. Because uh, then I would, would absolutely not love it. Uh, but that being said, I still enjoy the older... Uh, God of War games more yeah, because they're they're more my type of game. Uh, just a hack and slash <laughs> plus, like the Greek gods were. I'm more familiar with those, I guess. Uh, so the the story spoke more to me. But this is a really good um, sequel, at least. Oh, I definitely recommend it if you haven't played it. Yeah, but I would also recommend playing the other five that came five. Six, yeah, actually, like that that, yeah. yeah, it's six that came before this, so, uh, so yeah, I, I, yeah, amazing game. I like that God of like the new God of War twenty eighteen deviated from the Chaos Blades and went with the axe. Like I thought, like at first I didn't like that at all. I was like, I'm like, where are my Chaos Blades? You know, because that's what God of War is, right? Like you play God of War, you whip around basically daggers on a chain. And just go to town, and I was like, "Where are my chaos blades?" So I'm like, "I don't want this axe. I want I want to spin around in a circle and whip whip blades around me." <laughs> but uh, that the axe grows on you pretty quick, and it's actually a really cool uh, it's a really cool weapon in the game, and uh, yeah, it, it grows on you pretty quick. I actually got to see the axe uh, for God of War 2018. Uh, in person, like I actually saw like the actual like replica of the axe in person. They brought it. Uh, we, I went to some like Sony show a few years back, and in a glass case they had they had the axe Leviathan, I think it was called, um, and they also had uh, the Chaos Blades in the case because this is when they were promoting God of War. And this axe, like in person, is pretty large. I have pictures of it. I'll put it in Discord. Uh, it's actually a pretty large axe, and I'm like, wow, that thing, I wish I could hold it. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
probably weighs a ton as well. Probably, yeah. Like yeah. I, I like, and, like, and like for the chaos blades, I actually have chaos blades on my shelf over there because I, like, I wouldn't say God of War is my favorite franchise, but it's definitely a franchise I, I adore. I mean, I, I, we grew up with it, you know, with PS2. Ooh. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know why I waited so long to play this one. Uh, I. Did I just? Yeah, I just recently bought it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it took me a while to get to get it. I don't know why. Probably just because I read it's open world and I was like, yeah. oh, don't do this to <laughs> me, please. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it's all fine. This is perfectly yeah. fine by me. Like one of my favorite things about the makers of God of War Two, Santa Monica Studios, is that they put no DLC that I can recall in God of War. Like they're nope, they're pretty not. they're I want to say they're anti DLC but like they're pretty they're like most of their games don't have it at all like they actually put out a full published game you know for for a AAA title which is rare sadly these days so I yeah I'm excited to see what they do with Ragnarok as well yeah absolutely and what they will do after that because they. They already said, like, very recently, Ragnarok will be the last one about Norse mythology. It, well, uh, it has to be. But, That's what Ragnarok yeah. is. Uh, true, yeah. <laughs> but they, they wanted to make three, actually. But, yeah, it's it's going to be two. Uh, because they didn't want people to wait 15 years for the entire story, <laughs> basically. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... I'm sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what they're gonna do after, and they already hinted towards it. If you played this God of War, kind of what it's gonna be about, probably. Uh, but I'm just waiting until he goes against like Christian gods and things like that. I would. I mean, there, there's still not really a game that does that, and that would be that's a that, really that's cool. a that's a risky subject right there. Risky for sure, but uh, yeah, it, it would be. I mean, Dante's Inferno did it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus, all those gods are not even Christian to begin True. with. They're based on on the older gods, anyways. But yeah, anyways, yeah. moving on. Um, I've also just played The Evil Within two. Yeah. Uh, was really scared. About playing that one because I did not like the first one, gameplay-wise, that is. Um, because I love the story of the evil with him. Uh, so I started playing this one, and lo and behold, <laughs> the combat sucked again, for, in my opinion. Like, I absolutely hated it. Um, but if Bethesda ever has done anything good... Uh, <laughs> lately um for some reason you can like link up your psn with a bethesda account for this game and you can um you can enable cheats um <laughs> like w one hit kills uh invincibility and uh unlimited sprinting you can uh, wow you can do and yeah I'm I'm not even sad I did it, but I played it with the cheats on, and I absolutely <laughs> love the game. <laughs> I could I could enjoy running around in the game. I could enjoy not caring about the combat and dying every two seconds because that's what this game is. You die every two seconds, and I absolutely hate it. And I I could just enjoy the story, which I did again. It's such a great story, but the gameplay is just. Well, the combat is just god awful. Um, Was it one like, hit kills for bosses too? Uh, yes. 
<laughs> Which was funny the first time I figured that out. Uh, well, not all bosses, but yeah, uh, a lot of them. But <laughs> I could you I turned it off for a few of the bosses actually to see them, but I was still invincible, so it didn't really matter to me. Um, but yeah, I absolutely enjoyed the story of this game. I would recommend anybody who wants to play The Evil Within, both games. Um, the first one doesn't have sheets, sadly, but play it on casual. Because that's the only way to enjoy this game, in my opinion. And I know there's probably a lot of people who are going <laughs> to not agree with me. But I played on normal and I got hit twice and I died. Like, that is that is not fun at all for me. I mean, I've played plenty of survival horror games, but this is an action <laughs> game with survival horror elements that don't work. So, yeah. yeah. See, so, yeah, can, same consensus for the entire The Evil Within <clears throat> series. Play it on casual and enjoy it because the story is actually really good. Yeah, I played the first one and had the exact same issues you did. I was like, the story is interesting, but the gameplay is awful. Like, mm. bad. So then when Evil Within 2 came out, like, I well, bought it, because, you know, that's what I do. And, uh, like, I'm like, I didn't I didn't play it all. I just, it's still sitting on the shelf collecting dust. And I think I was watching, yeah. I think I was watching Emily play it. Okay, and, yeah. uh, for, like, one of her, one of her spoopy uh, streams. I think I was watching her play Evil Within 2, and I was watching her play it, and I was like, the story is interesting, but watching that combat like frustrates me, like mm -hmm. to no extreme. I'm like I am not gonna play the game at all. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll I have this with lying cheats. around since release. Yeah, maybe with I'll cheats, play it with cheats. Yeah, yeah. I, I can. Yeah, or on casual, one of the two. Uh, just yeah, I don't know. It, it, they screwed it up in the first one, and <laughs> I don't know how they did it again in the second one. Um, like, they want you to sneak kill, but sneak killing is so boring, you don't want to do it for a long time. Like, it's not Metal Gear Solid, you know, where it actually is fun to sneak around. No, you are constantly trying to avoid anything, and once something has seen you, it hits you twice, and it's game over. And it's like, yeah, no, that's that's not, that's not fun at all. <laughs> but yeah, those are my gripes with the evil within. Wow. Yeah, story-wise, great game, at least. Um, and the last thing I'm playing currently for Spooptober is uh, Castlevania Circle of the Moon. Everybody knows this game. Oh, um, True. Yeah. yeah, having I, fun with it, because, of course. I was I was really happy that they released the advanced games on Switch, so... Yeah. Because like, I, yeah, I own... Any, any system. Uh, yeah, I own one. I own one of the GBA cards. I think it's Circle of the Moon. But the other two are like they're so expensive mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. GBA. Like I, I'm just like I'm not gonna pay that much money for a Castlevania game. So when uh when they came out with the with the advanced collection, basically I was like, yep, just gonna grab that real quick and call that a day. Yeah, same here. Exactly the same here. Uh, and I've played one of these, and I thought it was Circle of the Moon, but now I'm starting to doubt myself. I know I've played one of the three, but now I just don't remember. Probably played Aria Sorrow, because that's like the most popular one. It could be that one, yeah. I, d I really don't remember. But again, it's been so long that I don't remember that much anyways. Uh, 
but yeah, that is gonna be my uh, my October playing through that Castlevania GBA collection plus <coughs> Dracula X, I guess. Oh yeah, I forgot Dracula X was on there. Yeah, that's a weird Castlevania game. I don't know if you've ever played Dracula X, but it's have, yeah. yeah, it's interesting to say the least. Yeah, I don't know what horror games I'm gonna play yet on stream. I'll probably find some weird, like, 16-bit horror games that talk about, like, abuse and assault, just like I did with Settled and Red Bow, and my chat will think there's something more wrong with me than there really is, so. <laughs> yeah, it's a great month for spooping. It's uh, very true. I'm always looking forward to this. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what we've been up to then. Um I have played way too much, like always. I don't know why, <laughs> how I keep doing this. But again, a lot of these games were actually short. So, If I were to cut out WoW Classic and New World, I could keep up with you. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all right. Let's uh, dive into uh, this episodes a game and as you all already know because you saw the title and things like that or listen to the previous episode we're gonna talk about a little game called felix the cat see you soon Welcome back, everybody. Um, so let's dive a little bit into Felix the Cat. Um, very short history about Felix. Um, everybody knows Felix the Cat, basically. Um, it's one of the most recognized cartoon characters that ever got invented. Uh, came out way before Mickey Mouse and things like that even, or Steamboat Willie, as it was called then. But yeah, this started as one of those silent cartoons Back in 1919, so that makes him uh, 102 years old already. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, but yeah, he appeared first as a, uh, a cat named Master Tom in the cartoon Feline Follies. You can watch it on YouTube if you want. Um, it's pretty impressive for that time, but that, like nowadays, it, it it doesn't feel impressive, of course. But uh, I think it's like a four-minute uh, silent cartoon, so yeah. no voice acting, but just like the in-between texts that appear on the screen. But yeah, it was uh, definitely very impressive. Uh, but um, yeah, it was so successful that they they picked it up for other animations and and cartoons and. Um, Cartoons, like in, in written cartoons, I mean, or drawn cartoons. Uh, and they renamed the cat Felix. And some people claim that it's after the Latin word for cat, Felis, or the other Latin word, Felix, happy, because he's always a happy cat. Uh, but uh, the creator, I think, he said he named him after the Australia Felix. And that's something from Australian history and literature. Uh, but yeah, this guy has appeared in many, many, many different things throughout all the years. Um, and I think most of us will know him from... Hmm, was it in the late 80s, begin 90s, when he had 
his defining cartoon for us at least where he had his magical back and uh and oh yeah, I think that was the David. I think that was the David Colin iteration. But yeah, like Pat Sullivan's yeah. from Australia, and this game or this, the game, the character originated from Australia. So I think I'd believe the Australian lore more than the the the, yeah, the Latin yeah. lore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everybody recognizes this cat. Like even if you've never seen Rhett or or whatever, but you you just recognize a character at least in. His current design, like you wouldn't recognize uh, Master Tom as no. Felix, but no. but like <laughs> the, the other one, you <laughs> yeah, you immediately recognize that it's Felix the Cat, and yeah, we know him with with the little yellow back with like stars on it. It's not stars, but it's like these weird stripes on it, yep. um, and that's basically also what this game is based upon uh, on that period of Felix the Cat. Yeah, I it, I like, I was telling Mo while on break. I was like, I didn't realize there were so many different iterations of this cartoon. Like, I knew it was an old silent cartoon from you know the early twenties or whatever, but I didn't realize that like it it like it got cut in the thirties because it just wasn't performing because that's when like Mickey Mouse and like Steamboat Willie like sounded cartoons came out. Then it was picked mm-hmm. up again in like the fifties, then the sixties, then the eighties, then the nineties, and like present day, like they're talking about rejumping the or rebooting the series again uh, with Wild Brain. It's just like, <laughs> like this poor cartoon <laughs> 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 just can't catch a break. Just just let it, just let it, let it die. Finally, just let it, let it, let it go off into history, please. Stop rebooting <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, no one asks for it. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, like Felix the Cat is uh it's a it's a pretty I, I've watched a few of the cartoons growing up, obviously, so I have a lot of familiarity with Felix, but uh the game weirdly enough didn't come out in Japan, which kind of surprises me a bit, but uh came out in the US and Europe in nineteen ninety-three, so real early nineties. This time around. Uh, developed by Hudson, which is interesting, and published by Electrobrain in the US and Sony Electronics in, in Europe. Um, Hudson's an interesting company in general, just Hudson, Hudson Soft, I guess, in, in general, is a really interesting game. Because, you know, they had Star Force for the Famicom, um, Power League, which is world class baseball uh, for the PCE. Uh, they had, uh, I think they did uh, Bomberman for the Super Nintendo with Konami. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Bonk, obviously, right? Bonk, Adventure Island. Uh, like they, they, they've done so many. Like, like they're not just like a niche thing where they're just like we do this one thing and that's it. Like they've done so many other stuff. So it's interesting that they would take on a Felix the Cat game as well, especially being published by Electro Brain. Uh, which, if you're not sure who Electro Brain is, they're the ones that publish like Puss in Boots, uh, <laughs> Fist of the North Star, Go Go Tank, Metal Masters, Tracks, which is an episode we just had, uh, Mousetrap Hotel, etc. etc. So, uh, Electro Brain during this time is definitely a, I wouldn't call them a powerhouse, but they're definitely a very well known publisher 
for for the Game Boy at this point. So, uh, composed by <laughs> Japanese names, goddammit. <laughs> Kunio Kunio Komatsu Komatsu Kunio Komatsu Yoki oh, Kyo Yoki Shin Shin Shinyuku. Shin Shinjuku, there we go. That's yeah, <laughs> something like that. That's the best we're getting on that one. Oh man, I love pronouncing Japanese games. But um, <laughs> Yoki Shin Shinjuku, uh, from what you and I both know, anyway, from what we can find, is responsible for Felix the Cat, not only just for the Game Boy, but also the NES, uh, and then. Kunio Komatsu, Kunio Komatsu, uh, did uh, Bonk Three for the uh, for the Turbo Turbo Graphics or the PCE, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, the two Felix games, and then a, another game called Quiz Marugato: The World Two Time Machine Ni Onagai, which is a PC Engine CD-ROM two game developed and published by Atlas. <laughs> maybe what? Maybe we can ask Lat Mackie to play it for us one of these days. It's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah. It's probably not translated as it's a quiz game, but probably not. Yeah. Uh, and this game is a pretty basic platformer, so yeah. Um, so yeah, plot-wise, uh, you've heard my amazing song at the start, which which literally set the plot. Uh, but I'll I'll read you the little uh, thing from the manual, which we do have. We actually have two versions of the manual. The European one, I get. Well, the UKV one, so the United Kingdom one and the American one. Um, they have the same story, at least, so that is unchanged. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. The sly professor has kidnapped Kitty and is taking her far away. He wants the incredible magic bag of tricks from Felix. Felix can't rescue his girlfriend. Who knows what the professor will do? Luckily, Felix still has the magic bag. You must use the awesome powers of this item to the fullest if you want to rescue Kitty and save the day. Yeah, that's the plot. <laughs> very simple. It's a very deep story. Yeah. We, we've never heard that one before. Indeed. Uh <laughs> Every every retro game, every retro game story, just at base level is, you're the boyfriend, you're the husband, you're the you're the love interest. Go save the girl. Yeah. <laughs> Zelda, <laughs> Mario, <laughs> anything, <laughs> even through lies, kind of. Yeah, even yeah. You, you, you had to save kinda. your daughter. You had to save your daughter at the end. She was on the wing yeah. of the jet. Yeah, yeah you, you had to save your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> last, oh, not last action hero, I guess. Nah, no, yeah, no. Cliffhanger? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, gameplay. Uh, this is a pretty... <laughs> Uh, this is a really basic game. Uh, even for Ooh. even on NES, it's really basic. Uh, D-pad moves, A jumps, B attacks. Uh, I mean, you don't have many buttons to choose from on the Game Boy, so um, 
the interesting about this game is that it uses something called Felix tokens. It's these little circles with uh, Felix's head on them. Uh, and they're everywhere. Like They are just s- spread across the, 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 the levels. They are literally everywhere. Um, five of them gives you milk to refill your sandbar. Ten gives you a transformation heart, which we'll talk about in a minute. And 100 gives you an extra life. Um, now, for the transformation, so once you collect 10 of these... Ouch. <laughs> Sorry, I hit myself on my chair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so these transformations. So once you collect 10 of these Felix heads, um, it depends on the kind of stage that you're on. So on a normal stage, you go from Felix walking across the platform to Magician Felix, where I think he can then start use his bag of magic, right? If I remember correctly. You use your staff as staff, an attack. Staff, that's like what you, I was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, normal Felix uses a, like a boxing glove yep. that's on a, a spring, basically, as an attack. Yeah. And then you transform into a car. <laughs> Banishing racer at this point. Um... And then once you add the car, you go into the tank, which is ultimately the the one that you want the most, uh, because this this uh, this does a, a decent chunk of damage to bosses at the end of stages. Um, however, if you get hit in any of these transformations, you lose that transformation, and you go you downgrade to the one previous. So if you were a tank, you go down to car, car to magician, magician to Felix, and Felix to six feet under. Um, when you go into flying stages, you start off with the umbrella, then transforms into a hot air balloon, which then transforms into a plane. And then if you're in a water stage, you go from a rubber boat to a dolphin. Uh, makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the, yeah, that only has one extra transformation. Uh, There's only one of these stages as well, actually. So, yeah. And then underwater stage, you get the scuba gear, which turns into a turtle, which then turns into a submarine. So interesting transformation there. You go from technology to nothing to big technology. Uh, And then space, (laughs) you're just a spaceship. Um, I don't remember, however, because it's it's actually been a bit since I played it and I was sick and I didn't play anything when I was sick, basically. When you go to the next stage, like if you went from normal to flying, your power ups don't carry over, right? Do you start from base one, or did you, or do your power ups do carry over? I don't remember that. Um, it has a very strange um, mechanic to this. Um, I think in between worlds, you start back on your uh, your first form, just just basic feelings, uh, but like. Each stage is, is split up into two parts, basically, and it kind of depends on how many tokens you picked up. Not even which transformation you're in, but more or less, um, yeah, how many tokens you picked up. You can start with a better upgrade in the next part of the stage. It's really weird how it works. Like, there, there's no real rhyme or reason to it, Uh Usually you will end up with the best upgrade in between stages because you probably have been picking up all these uh, tokens anyways. Alright. 
Um, yeah. So dive it into stages. We're not going to like deep dive into the stages. I don't think. Just a, a no, brief there, there's overview. Not, there, yeah, there's there's not really that much to say about the stages themselves, besides where they take place and and what you can expect. Um, like all of these stages are very, very, very simple platforming stages, yeah. except for the underwater one, which is an, of course, underwater stage, um, and the space stage being a shooter, basically. Uh, but besides that, there, there's not really anything super distinguishing about these stages. Even the enemies are just <laughs> things you could expect in that kind of environment. Like there's. There's no real special enemies. It's like here's a turtle, here's a here's a tree, here's I don't know, like a a, a jellyfish. Like it's all pretty pretty simple. Like there, there's no uh, extravagant things out there. No. So yeah, it's it's easier to just uh, go through the stages real quick and talk a little bit more about the boss, maybe. Yeah. Uh, one funny thing about the game, I'm just like re re quick looking over like some of my stuff is that the the felix tokens don't look happy at all like they're like this sad looking cat of a token which is really depressing <laughs> but <laughs> but uh yeah like what what mo said like this this game in itself is um is, is a very basic uh platformer at, at, at its roots and uh that's just how 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 the game was. So, um, stage one is the forest. So you have two normal platforming stages in this one. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, with the tokens, these tokens are spread out literally everywhere, uh, and you want to collect them. You don't want to just race through the stage and just get to the end. You want to collect these tokens to get your transformations. Um, I think like by the time I finished stage one, I think I had either the magician or the car by the time I finished the first stage. So uh, once you get through all of that, you then face off against the boss, uh, Poindexter, which is uh, Professor Young's ally or his, his nephew. So always there to, to take on Felix. <laughs> yeah, I got these little descriptions from the manual. Um, but if you've seen this cartoon iteration, you will recognize, like, there's two, two main antagonists in the entire series, and that's the Professor, which is, yeah, kind of like Wily, I guess, <laughs> it's basically Wily, and he has a nephew that always, uh, tinkers with, with robots and things like that, and, uh, so that's the first boss you will face here is Poindexter and he is riding some kind of mechanical grasshopper or something like even in the NES version I couldn't really figure out what it was to be honest it's like a kangaroo oh it could be a kangaroo it's like a yeah. kangaroo and like he just literally just goes left to right following Felix and like arc lobs a, a boulder at you mm-hmm so like you gotta like you kind of like gotta stay a little close, but not close enough where you're gonna get hit. So you just have to be like right in that sweet spot, like the it just arcs over you with that boulder. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, like uh, mentioned earlier, if you have the biggest upgrade in this case, that would be the tank. You can take him down in I think four hits or something. Yeah, I think it's pretty quick. I do know that. Yeah, but yeah, moving on from uh, from the forest, we suddenly end up in Egypt because 
that's normal. Um, but this starts off with one of those flying stages. So you will uh, you will be flying with your umbrella. You press A to basically hover uh, upwards. Uh, we didn't mention that with the controls really, but uh, that's how you yeah. stay afloat. Um, you go through this stage until you reach the pyramid itself, and then you go in there, and then it turns back into a normal stage, a normal platforming stage. Um, and at the end of this uh, pyramid, you will face uh, against... Face against? <laughs> face again. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm getting loopy. I think from from my medication. Um, uh, you will come across Rock Bottom, uh, which is a, a dock mobster, I believe, in the cartoon. Yep. Um, and he will be trying to get you on his trusty pogo stick while shooting his <laughs> comically large gun. I guess <laughs> that, that's what he does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, the same thing like before. If you have the, the strongest upgrade, they will go down pretty easily. Um, and the, man, the manual mentions that this canine creep may not be bright, but he packs a wallop. Yeah, so like in the game, he has he has a big old pistol. It kind of follows the same pattern that uh, Poindexter does. It goes from uh, right, excuse me, right to left. The biggest problem with this one is that right in the center are, like, two blocks that pop up. So you can't just, like, walk left to right. Like, you have to, like, jump. And what uh, what Rock Bottom's going to do is he's going to pogo, basically, on that center stick, too. So you have, like, the world's smallest window to get through without getting hit at all. Um, like what we've mentioned before, like, if you have the tank, like, you can jump and arc the shot of the ball from the tank over the middle section and hit him. And it, it takes like four or five hits to, to knock them out. Otherwise, if you're the car, your car shoots straight like a missile. So you have to jump on, jump up and sh shoot the missile regardless. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really simple fight. It's just a really tight window trying to get past him when he's going right to left and left to right. Mm -hmm. One thing to notice, though, when you hit a boss, they have like... A big invulnerable, yeah, I can talk <laughs> invulnerability uh, frame window, um, and they can't hit you while they're flashing. So you can take that opportunity to uh, move through them if needed. Yeah. So what? So a lot of times, what you'll what you'll see is that when he's close to you and you shoot him, like once you shoot him and hit him, you want to hurry up and jump to the middle. That way, you can go through him without taking that initial damage. Uh, so yeah, going into stage three now, we have the mountains. Um, you start off at a, as a, in a normal stage, normal platforming stage. Uh, one, one thing to be weary of with the normal platforming stages is like once you get like the car or the tank and stuff like that, I, me personally, I felt like the platforming got a tad harder because like you're such a bigger sprite now. And even though the platforms are well-sized. Like, it's an old platformer game, so it has old platforming issues. Uh, I feel like I I get nervous jumping over gaps and landing on platforms as a tank or a car because there is some, like, slipperiness or, like, some floatiness to the actual controls. Because um, by this time, you should have experienced the car and or the tank by now. Um, once you've got through the platforming stage, you go into a flying stage, 
the flying stage is your normal flying stage. We've already we've already had one. Uh, and by the time you get at the end of it, you should have the plane, which is sh which shoots fireballs. And here you're gonna face off against Master Cylinder, a mad machine out to stop our heroic feline. And Mad Machine is the truth. It looks like a garbage can with eyes and arms that floats around the uh, uh, that goes up and down on the right side of your screen, and it shoots triple lasers in a very tight grouping at you. Um, it is the least dangerous enemy, in my opinion, in the entire game because it is exceptionally easy to dodge the lasers, and the boss only moves up and down on the right-hand side of the screen. So you can literally just chill in the middle or the left side of the screen and just shoot the boss and avoid lasers. Yep. Uh, Master Cylinder, I am not sure if he ever appeared in the actual cartoon, but if you've ever seen the 90s Felix the Cat movie, uh, which I had on VHS, so I watched it a billion times, uh, Master Cylinder is just like one of the, the villain's creations uh, in that in that movie it's it's not a good movie <laughs> i i actually rewatched it uh, last week um it's it's not good um if you want a nonsensical cartoon movie like that's like an hour and 10 minutes long i i think it, it has interesting animation and things like that but story-wise it's just all over the place and, and makes absolutely no sense to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those movies I saw like a million times when I was a kid just because I had it. Uh, but looking back at it now, it's like God, this this was not good at all. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, out of the mountains area into the islands. Um, so this starts with. I called it a boat stage or it's a water stage. It's not an underwater stage. That's actually the second part of this uh, world. Uh, but it starts with a boat stage where you're like on the surface of the water trying to avoid whatever is, is floating in the water. Um, and you can jump between small islands and, and on uh, small islands and things like that. Uh, but then you jump into a cave and suddenly you're underwater trying to avoid crabs and, and uh, like jellyfish until you get to the end and there you will uh, face off against Gulp, King of the Blobs. Uh, this this underwater <laughs> nemesis blasts out dangerous bubbles. Yep. Uh, so yeah, this bit... It does. <laughs> this is basically a repeat of the Master Cylinder fight but underwater. Um, it's literally the same thing. Um, instead of the three lasers, this guy shoots out a text... Uh, a speech bubble that says blob <laughs> basically <laughs> that's that's his attack but it, it's literally the same thing as master cylinder if you figured out how to defeat him easily you can easily defeat Gulpo as well so uh, yeah nothing to it true story on that one yeah he, there's, there's two blocks in the center that will block you but yeah it again He'll shoot bubbles or a speech text at you, and he just goes up, up and down the right, right side of the screen. Real, real basic <laughs> boss again. Um, now we go into, I guess, intermission, or we go into space now. So now we get to play uh, the Super Mario Land uh, uh, shoot 'em up stage here, 
where we're in a spaceship and we're dodging asteroids and collecting Felix tokens and UFOs, wherever else, just kind of flying by. The background's really nice. Uh, has a bunch of asteroids and like galaxies and stuff like that. The the UFOs are cute. They have they're like like they look like really generic UFOs drawn by a five year old, but they have like a water drop Ooh. inside of them that smiles. So that's cute. Uh, there is no boss at the end of the intermission at all. You uh, you go to the end of the stage and in the background, like there's this darker planet with with a ring around it, uh, kind of like Saturn or whatever. And then uh, you get a little cutscene of Felix laughing with his magic bag. And then you go into the next world, which you're on the planet, on the moon. You're on some some interstellar rock. So yeah. <laughs> um, from here, it's, it's just two normal platforming stages. You're jumping, dodging the, the potaboos or the fireballs that come out of the pits and uh, the jellyfish squid-like things that are just in the middle of the air. Then you go into like this building that has the face of like professor and um, rock bottom on various tiles. And then you face off against the, the professor at the end. Once you get through the, the platforming segments, um, the professor is the hardest boss in the game as mm-hmm. it should be. Cause it is the final boss. Uh, he's in a space shuttle that kind of goes in like a figure eight left, left to right, right to left. Um, he does shoot like this. I'm going to call it a rupee. Uh, it's (laughs) a crystal shaped thing, but it looks like a rupee. Uh, and it comes out like in an arc, it comes out like in an arc, uh, arc pattern. So you can kind of see it, but it's actually, it shoots from the very bottom of the ship. So it's actually really easy for you to get hit by it because you need to fight him kind of close because your projectile range on either your car or your tank or whatever is pretty short. So you got to be kind of close to the professor to fight him. Uh, but it, And it takes more than four hits to kill him as well. It takes quite a few hits. And you actually have a pretty big screen to work with as well. Um but yeah, once you, uh, you once you take down the professor, you've uh, you you've beat you've beat the game, and you go and save Kitty who is tied up, and you get a the end screen at the end, and that's that's it. That is indeed the game. Yeah, uh, I always compare this fight to a very simple. Wily capsule fight because <laughs> I mean it, it's literally based on the same principle. It is like he already looks like Wily from Mega Man, and he's in his little it's spaceship. True. So it's it's just a Wily fight, but a very very simple one. But yeah, it does take a oh. lot more hits than all the other bosses for sure. Doctor Wily, um, yeah, I mean it's the hardest boss. Like it's still an easy boss, but it's the hardest. It has the most. It has the most mechanic to it yeah. out of all the other bosses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, that, yeah. That's, that's basically the entirety of Felix the Cat for a Game Boy. Uh, it's only ten stages or eleven if you count that space part uh, with it. Um, you fly through this game pretty pretty easily. 
uh, because it is so short. And it's also a very easy game uh, to begin with. Um, One thing we didn't mention, um, there are these big magic bags that you can find spread throughout the level. Those take you to a bonus quote-unquote screen where you can just collect a lot of uh, Felix tokens. Um, But in two stages, you can actually use them to skip part of the stage because they have like a different exit. You can always look out for those to make the game even more easy, I guess. True. With a lot more hit points. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so diving into the cover art for this game. So the cover art for... Uh, Felix in US and Europe is the same. Well, there's only there's like there's very small alterations based off of like the publisher, mm. but uh, for the most part, it's literally the same cover art. Um, it's what this is like. I'm not gonna say it's my favorite cover art, but it, it ranks high on my list of like good cover arts. Yep, because it's not in your face. It very much replicates like an old-timey cartoon comic feel. Like, it has Felix the Cat in a gradiated yellow to red front, you know, font. And then right below that, front and center is Felix in a top hat and suit with a with a scepter. Um, be like, hey, I'm Felix, you know? And then in the background, and then next to him is, is his bag of... his bag of magic. His magical bag. And then in the background... You can see two different Felix things. You have Felix in a plane, then you have the hot air balloon Felix uh, on the right hand side, and on the left hand side where the Felix the plane is, like below him is like volcanoes and like cannons and stuff like that, and then on the right hand side where the hot air balloon Felix is, you have like these birds, a tank, and a pier in pyramids. So it kind of like replicates a little bit of like what's in the game as well too. But it's a really it's really simple. Like, there's not a ton in there. And then from the ground up, it, like, gradiates into, like, this pink and blue to just show off the sky. Uh, it's nothing like what, uh, like, Night, like Night's Quest was, where, like, every every inch of pixel was just something different or anything of that matter at all. It's just, here's a Felix the Cat cover. Let's just show who Felix the Cat is. And that, and I, I think they, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Like, this is definitely also one of my quote-unquote favorites. Um, it just shows what it is and nothing more. Um, and it's not too too busy. Um, just the bottom yeah. of the screen is filled up, but the, but the top is, is perfectly fine. And yeah, I'm pretty sure I got this game as a kid just because of the cover alone. Uh, yeah, this definitely speaks to kids immediately. Um, cause yeah. it's all very jaunty, uh, but still like, um, attractive because like, oh, what's going on with, with the tank and with the cannons and things like that. But yeah, it just shows off the main character and a few things that are in the game. So, uh, that's basically all you need. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need anything special for this at all. Yeah. Plus it uses like the... The blue and the orange together are always like a good combination to just yeah. speak to you immediately. Uh, and I think it's the same cover as the NES. Like the NES one is probably a little larger, but. Or is that the one that's completely yellow? Now I'm in doubt. I will tell you in a second. 
the NES one has a very similar picture to this. Yeah, that's what I thought. But it does it does have like a yellow strip the down yellow. the side yeah, though, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, just a strip, yeah. Exactly. Uh but yeah, it's it's just what it needs to be. Um a very typical platforming game cover, I would say. Yeah, it, it gets the point across perfectly. It's like, hey, this game is based off an old timey cartoon. Here you go. Yeah, you can compare it. You can compare the cover to the Super Mario Land One cover, basically. Yeah, I was trying to think of that. I was like, I'm like, this cover reminds me of of a Mario game, but I couldn't remember which Mario Land it was. Yeah. Definitely wasn't Mario Land Two. That garbage of a game. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but we do have some trivia about the game. Yeah, it's not it's not so much trivia, but I also played the NES version again um, in preparation of this episode. Um, I remembered the NES one being longer because yes, it has more stages, but honestly, I also beat it in twenty five minutes, so it's not that much longer to be honest. Um, so yeah, the the thing where the NES version shines more is just because it's so much more colorful, of course, um, but it does give you more of the feel that you are playing a Felix the Cat cartoon um, than the Game Boy version does. Um, there's not that much difference between the games, besides that it also plays a lot more fluently, um, because the Game Boy one is lag-fast to the max, to be honest. Um, but if you play the NES one, like you feel like that's what they wanted to do on Game Boy, but they just couldn't, sadly. But they did a, a pretty good job of, of porting it either way. Um, but yeah, yeah the, the NES version, it also has three parts to each world instead of two parts. Um, so they, they cut a lot of content just to put it on the Game Boy version, but I think it was just a little bit too early in the site. Well, it was 93, it's not that early, but... I think they could have kept the stages in the Game Boy version as well. I think there was plenty of room on the cartridge for that. But, honestly, those stages don't offer much more on the NES version either. So, um, it's just more, but it's still the same. Um, uh, another thing I found was, like, um, the complete worlds that that got cut. That, that got cut. <laughs> Cut from the Game Boy version. Um, so, like, in the NES version, you have an ice world, but it's basically a repeat of the island world, um, but just with ice. Like, it even... You, you come across the same boss again. I think it's Poindexter again in that stage that you refight for some reason. And I think you refight Master Cylinder again uh, in the NES version as well. And there's only one different boss fight in the NES version, and that is when you, uh, come across Evil Felix, which is basically rock bottom, but Felix. <laughs> like, he has a gun that, that's right, and he's trying to shoot you with it. So, um, I would say, yeah, I don't know, play the NES version. I think it just offers that a little bit more that isn't, Content-wise, more, but it's just more fluent to play and, and more colorful. And, yeah. and I think that's the better version in this case. Um, usually when we do these episodes, we're like, okay, actually the Game Boy version is the better version of the two. But in this case, it's it's definitely the NES version. Yeah, I mean, in 1993 for the Game Boy, 
We had Link's Awakening, Kid Dracula, uh, Batman Animated Series, um, Mega Man 4. <laughs> so, yeah, they you know, cutting the, the extra levels out was definitely not needed at this point. Because at this point, some of the games coming out were starting to push Game Boy a bit a bit more. <laughs> so Yeah. But yeah, like I said, even if those stages were in the Game Boy version. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they wouldn't offer as yeah, much, it, right? It's it's still just an extra few screens, basically. That's all it, there is to it. But it would have made it longer. True. By like five minutes. By like five minutes, indeed. <laughs> Uh, something interesting I found, but this is only particular to the NES game, uh, is that even though the game was not released in Japan, Japanese text does still exist in cutscenes in the actual game. Um, so you, in order, you have to manipulate the stuff of the game genie to activate it, but uh, there is Japanese text in cutscenes for the NES if you can if you can activate it in the in the memory. So that's kind of actually an interesting, interesting tidbit. Makes me think, I wonder if they were thinking about releasing in Japan and didn't for various reasons, maybe because of licensing or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think it's just because Felix by that time wasn't popular in Japan at all. Um, it's only since the, since the early 2000s that, that Felix became a thing in Japan itself, so... Uh, Japan has plenty of other cute things. They got Kirby and Hello Kitty. They had Hello Kitty. They didn't need another cat. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah. <laughs> that, that's probably why they never released it there. Yeah. But it's interesting to know that they actually had Japanese text in the game ready, ready to rock and roll for it. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that there were uh, cutscenes in the NES version. Uh, those cutscenes just being a phone ringing... Felix picking up and the pers- professor yeah. saying something and that's repeated four times. So, yeah, pretty 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 basic cutscenes, yeah. but they still existed. Uh, general reception, I couldn't find a general reception of the game, but the cartoon people seem to like the cartoon and then hate the cartoon after like five episodes. It feels like uh, because there's just so many like. Re reinstatements or reboots of the cartoon, you know, going from silent to sound to whatever. Like it had various different animators throughout its life, and it just it seems like it can never get like an actual foothold in the animated world. So it, it like they, it hangs around for a couple years, goes away for a couple years, comes back a couple years, and like people are excited about it at first, and then at the end of it, they're just like, "I'm tired of it. I don't want to watch Felix the Cat ever again." So. That's like the general reception for like the cartoon, but I couldn't find anything about the actual games. Yeah, I think not only at this point, but just in general, Felix is more of a an icon that is appreciated yeah. by most people, but the content that they make for him is just lackluster, to be honest. So. Well... He's a pop culture reference, at least for our generation and older, right? I don't know about the Gen Z people. I don't I don't I don't even know if they know who Felix the Cat is. 
unless they actually do some stuff from like retro things. But uh, like Phoenix kind of like a pop culture thing. Like even if you didn't watch the cartoons in our 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 generation and older, you still like if you saw Felix the Cat. You still knew who Felix the Cat was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the fact that the content created for Felix just wasn't. It wasn't there, and at the time, like when Mo and I were growing up, like we had GI Joe, Thundercats, Turtles. Darkwing Duck, like we had all these big action-packed cartoons, along with Looney Tunes and Tiny Tunes and stuff like that. And Felix the Cat doesn't really fall into that at all, so it kind of just like was there in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Besides the movie, I don't think I've ever seen the cartoon. I don't think they ever broadcasted it here. Besides Baby Felix, I remember that, but that was. For toddlers, anyway. So I mean, oh, uh, I don't. I don't think I ever saw baby yeah. baby Felix. So so that's definitely something I didn't grow up with, but I knew who he was because I had the game immediately when I was a kid. <laughs> Plus, I also have one comic book of him. Like it, it was kind of like Garfield, at least during that period. So it was like a three-panel uh, comic. So I have one book of that uh, with with a lot of them in it but yeah those i like i, I think those are really funny but i mean for kids yeah, was, for kids they are funny yeah. at least <laughs> it was like the Gar- the garfield and peanuts like comic strips yeah, yeah something like that so yeah that that was fun but besides that i didn't grow up with the cartoons or anything so it's interesting that you didn't have the cartoons but you had the game yeah weird Europe is weird. <laughs> well, at least they didn't broadcast it in, in, on Belgian television. Like, I don't know. Maybe on German and French television they did, but... Huh. Yeah. Couldn't imagine a French Felix. That'd be awful to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> or a German Felix, even, too, would be a rough one to listen to. But... <laughs> um... Yeah, we're going to take another short break here. When we come back, uh, we'll give you some thoughts, our own personal thoughts of the the game and our, our history behind it. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. So uh, we'll start with you, Mo. Like you already mentioned that you had this game as a as a kid. I'm assuming the Game Boy version of the game and not the NES version. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have an NES myself growing up. Uh, so I, I pretty pretty sure I just picked this up at the store based on the cover and and I yeah I I love this kit um, and yeah uh, like I said earlier I recognized like the characters from that movie I had lying around so. Uh, that that helped, of course, identify uh, with with the game a little bit more. Um, yeah, this was just one of those games that that I absolutely loved playing, and it, it falls into the same vein as uh, like things like Kirby's Dreamland, um, so these, and even maybe Turtles One, like Follow the Foot Clan. Like 
these recognizable characters for me that that meant a lot for me at that age and the games were short enough and easy enough and fun enough to just constantly pick them back up again when i had like just a moment to spare to to play a little bit on my game boy so um, i knew i could beat it in half an hour so i just picked that up and 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 played it so um and what else i can say is the music for this game even though it's it's not the most amazing soundtrack because it, it does get like a little grating uh in some parts here and there but it's for me at least super memorable and to this day like sometimes when i'm just <laughs> walking around on the street one of these songs just pops up into my head because i i've heard them so many times and i, and I always really enjoyed them um so yeah th this game definitely had a big impact on me um but like i said earlier if i have to recommend the version play the nes one um which also has the same music, by the way, but, uh, but yeah, slightly better music, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it sounds. Like it's, better. it's the same songs. Yeah, yeah they, it just sounds a little yeah. bit better on NES. Um, so I I had the game on NES growing up. I still I still have my original copy, um, stored away for <laughs> obvious reasons because the NES copy of this game is crazy expensive now apparently um yeah so like i played this game on nes growing up and uh it was the only version i played i knew there was a game boy version um i think i remember seeing it at like kmart or something on the on the shelf but uh at that time like in the 90s like we didn't have a ton of money so it was just like hey you already own the game on nes why do you want this on game boy you know, like it's the same game, et cetera, et cetera, which I mean it is knowing now, but you know, as a kid, you know, you don't know any better at all. You base everything off of the cover and the back of the back of the box. So it's just like, all right, well, I knew the game existed, but I never got a chance to play it. And none of my friends had it growing up at all. Like most of my friends were very much console people. Like they played Super Nintendo, Genesis, whatever it was. Um so although I knew a Game Boy game existed, I just I never played it up until I watched. I think it was John Carl's uh, learn learn this and a few other people learned the speed run for Felix the Cat, and I was like, oh okay, well I'm like this looks very familiar to the NES game, and then I popped it in for um, a Game Boy Adventure, and played it, and I was like, oh wow, this is almost spot on to the NES game and it was just a bit shorter. Like I beat it in my first playthrough. Like I didn't I don't think I died. If I died, like I died once. And uh I was like, wow, this is a pretty short game, but it was a pretty enjoyable game at least. Um so I was a bit surprised. I was like, oh it's it's a very short game like compared to like Dreamland. But uh it, it offered a bit more than Dreamland. So I was I was pleasantly surprised with it at that at that point, but yeah, no, it, the game lagged atrociously though. <laughs> um, the game was the game definitely suffers from from frame rate issues in certain areas, and, and that's and it's crazy to think about too. Because honestly, there there aren't that many things on the screen, like in a given playthrough, like you may have you know four or five Felix tokens, but only like one or two enemies on the screen, and you're not shooting constantly at all. So it's it's kind of weird just to see like 
the actual frame rate issues in that game compared to like something like Solar Striker or Zass or something. Something more around that time frame where there's like a bunch of stuff on the stream, but it doesn't lag that bad. And yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the biggest issues that causes a lag in this game is that. Um, all of the transformations for Felix are... They are very animated. Um, like, your sprite has so many animations running at the same time that I think it just causes lag throughout. Like, uh, for example, if you're in the plane, like, not only is... is the propeller spinning constantly, but Felix's eyes are moving constantly as well. Um, and in the tank, like the you bop up and down, like Felix himself bops up and down in the tank, but the tank itself also has like a bopping motion to it. Uh, I think that didn't work as well on the Game Boy, or they couldn't program it uh, well. Because yeah, otherwise there's not that much on the screen, but no. Yeah. It's enough to it's it's enough to make the game run out of crawl sometimes. Yeah, so. it, it's yeah. I think it's it's just Felix's animation itself that causes the issue because they are very well animated. Uh, surprise! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the enemies not that much, but yeah, Felix himself is is very well done at least. Yeah. And then going into just this the small speedrun section here, um, world record holder is Retroverse with a time of 11 minutes and 29 seconds, and that was a year ago. Yeah, I actually started uh, the board for this game. Uh, this was one of those few games I picked up at the start when I started speedrunning. Um, like this one and Kung Fu Master that I talked about before and... and um, like, all these games I knew for, from my childhood that I knew were beatable in, like, 20 minutes. Uh, and this was one of them uh, that I picked up. And, and then John Carls uh, was the second one who started running it. Um, this, is a, this is a very simple speedrunning game because there's just not much to it. Um, it's all just routing out the tokens, basically, so you have the best upgrades when you come to the boss and that's it um and the only way to improve this speed run at this point is lag reduction um and a lot of people have tried but we can't really figure out a way to like put it in our hands how the lag is created so if anybody's interesting in, in doing things like that like this is the run for you um if you want, like, inch mops and things like that, you also want lag reduction to gain a better time. And, and this is basically one of those games, but it's a platformer. Oh. Godspeed. <laughs> I hate lag reduction so much. Mm. I have to do it in Dreamland. It's awful. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, with that, we're going to take another really quick Quirk, another really quirk. Uh, <laughs> <break>. <laughs> and uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some community events coming up. There are there's a handful, and I'm pretty excited about them. So stay tuned.
All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, community events coming up. So we got one coming literally right around the corner. Um, our friends at Retro Gaming Live TV is putting on a horror marathon uh, Halloween weekend. So what is that? The 29th through the 31st, something like that. Yeah. Um, so this, this marathon is nothing but uh, spooky retro games. Uh, which is great. I mean, so that means like no like alien isolation, no like layers of fear, things like that. It's horror retro or horror newer horror games based off of like retro style. So like settled red bow, etc. Uh, I submitted Deadius to this marathon. Exciting. And all yeah, I submitted Deadius all endings glitchless to this marathon, which is like an hour and a half run. So, it's it's a thing. Probably one of the longest runs. <laughs> yeah, um, but another cool thing is they're doing a Ghoul School one night one night only tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you don't know what Ghoul School is, it's an NES game where you play as a kid that goes into a high school and yeah, you kill various baddies uh, to get to to save your girlfriend. Surprise plotline. Um, but the game is atrociously broken to the point where you get something and you clip into the background, you stay into the background the entire game, do like a pixel perfect jump and basically go to the final boss and you're 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 invulnerable, you can't be hurt at all <laughs> and you just kill the final boss with a sandwich and uh save your girlfriend. It's like a, it's like a 7 8 minute run. Um and I actually signed up. I actually signed up for that tournament. That is the first tournament I have signed up for in like three or four years. <laughs> so uh, I used to run Ghoul School a long time ago. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll de-rust the NES controller and we'll do some Ghoul School de-rusting on stream soon. Nice. Um, yeah. And then uh, Power Up of Pride Winter Edition will be coming up December 3rd through December 5th. Uh, those submissions just recently closed. Game Goyles Episode 2 will be happening November 19th through November 21st. Uh, those submissions are also closed. And Awesome Games Done Quick, or AGDQ 2022, will be happening January 9th through January 16th. I think those submissions might still be open <clears throat> now, but they might be closed when this episode is released. Yeah, so, probably. unsure on that one. I submitted Shaq Fu Game Boy to that. Again. <laughs> again. Again. It's gonna get in one of these GDQs, okay? It's gotta happen, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I cannot wait to run Shaq Fu in front of hundreds of thousands of people just spitting Shaq facts. It's gonna be so good. <laughs> I should... I, the flavor text I put in for... Uh, for Shaq Fu is pretty awesome too. So like when you submit a game to GDQ, you have to you have to give copy or or like a description of the game, right? My description of Shaq Fu Game Boy was the ultimate in fighting game. Shaq Fu offers the experience of a lifetime on the best selling handheld the Game Boy. <laughs> My public visibility is still an X because I don't think they want the world to see that I submitted Shaq Fu. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I 
I want Shaq Fu in so bad. It, it God, this be so good. Oh, let's see here. Discordian questions. Oh, so events. There's gonna be more events that pop up uh, throughout the rest of this year. We're kind of like in the we're kind of like in a home stretch of online marathons right now before the holiday season. So there's gonna be a lot of just ones that just pop up. Uh, like I know Midwest Speed Fest is doing a small thing. I forgot the dates on that though, unfortunately. Um, RGL will probably do something in December. Uh, they usually do something for like a for like a, a children's uh, charity. Uh, we have the Tiny Ten coming up in November. Yep. So, a lot, there's a lot of things coming that just don't have dates attached to them quite yet. Um. So yeah, Discord. What do we got in Discord here? We have nothing. At least no questions. But we did have some people mm-hmm. who played the game mm-hmm. uh, when we announced that we were going to do this episode. So. A lot of Felix GIFs. Lots, lots of Felix. God, that Felix GIF that I posted of him just smiling at the screen is terrifying. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> So yeah, no no Discord questions for that. Um, so yeah, outro pieces, sweet. Um, I don't remember how these were. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot how the outro worked. <laughs> we always do. I literally do. just did it. I literally just did it for tracks. Yeah. Um, if you have any thoughts, suggestions about the podcast, please let it be known. Whether you want to show you know talk about it in Discord openly or DM one of us, leave a review, whatever it may be, we always want to hear what you guys think of the uh, of the ep- of the episodes in the podcast in general. Uh, we're always talking in the background and figuring out things to make the podcast better um, and speedier to get episodes out quicker. Um, what else we got here? Oh, we have a Patreon. So if you uh, if you want to support the the podcast, almost a stream. If you want to support the podcast monetarily, uh, we have a Patreon where at twenty dollars a month, I believe it is, uh, Mo and I will live stream these big episodes, uh, so you guys get to get to watch it all in real time, and y'all would get to watch it on YouTube as well too, if that is your your thing. Um, Patreons get a special thing in Discord where you can see some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, outtakes, uh, various other things as well, too. Um, something coming up uh, on the horizon as well, too. Something new that Mo and I have been working on uh, will be early accessed to patrons as well. Uh, if monthly sub things aren't your thing, get it. Twitch, Netflix, all that stuff. Like, There's just so many monthly subs it's hard to keep track of. And you use PayPal. Uh, we do have a PayPal as well, too. Uh, the only thing with PayPal is we can't tie PayPal to Discord. So if you do donate money via PayPal, please, please, please let one of the three of us know. Uh, Mo, myself, or Legs. Well, we want to thank you in, in some fashion um, for supporting the stream. And if money's tight, 100% understand that as well, too. You can still support the stream without donating money simply just by listening to the podcast episodes. Um, like we said in the three-year podcast, like I, I, I didn't think we'd ever expand an audience that we have now. And uh, 
it's been amazing to see the, the growth of the podcast and the, the support given just, you know, vocally via, you know, Discord streams, uh, friends and family like listening to the podcast, you know, whenever I talk to them. Uh, it's 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 just great to hear. It's awesome to awesome to have that support as well. And then leaving reviews for the podcast definitely helps, which is also a free thing you can do. Um, while staying on the money line, we have a merch store. Uh, I already forgot. Is it merch dot this is gameboy dot com? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> there we go. Which you you uh, didn't figure that one out during the light episode. You just did. <laughs> I, I don't even remember what you were it. saying. Like shop dot t i g b dot. I don't. It was funny. <laughs> I, it, I was just like I don't remember the, the merch URL anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just merch dot this is gameboy dot com. You can get uh, you can get a, a this is gameboy t shirt and coffee mug. I think that's all we have available right now. Yes. So. Uh, so go ahead and grab one of those. I can tell you right now the shirts are pretty nice. I have two two of them right now and uh they they fit they fit nicely uh even the coloring on them is is quite nice uh and i also have a, i have a coffee mug too <laughs> yeah i might be the only one that has a green one but it's cool yeah i have a gray and a black one i also have a coffee mug yeah the co- the coffee mug's nice too honestly like i i don't use it it sits on a shelf because you know our our stuff but uh it's not i mean it's a coffee mug like I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had to convince Mo to put it up on the shop. So. <laughs> um, and uh, let's see here. All right, and you can find us on various different platforms. Uh, you can find me, E Bloody Candy, on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I think that's it. And they can find our awesome producer, Sprinty Legs, at Sprinty Legs on Twitch and Twitter, and Legs on YouTube, and her project website, www.sprintylegs.com. And where can they find you, Mo? You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, all with the same tag, Mula, which is spelled M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. Um, but yeah, if, if that's a little bit... To cumbersome for you to type in, you can always just go to our website, this is gameboy.com, where you will find clickable links, I guess, clickable images that will take you to wherever you want to be. Uh, so you can uh, follow us through that way and get updated by everything we do besides this podcast as well. True. We did it. Another outro. Another scripted outro yep. <laughs> amazing I'm ready for legs just to do like the short takes of all of our outros and just be like this is day one outro this is day whatever outro episode zero outro episode 41 outro <laughs> just the timeline of them they're just all just different they are yeah <laughs> <laughs> they've never been the same no, we don't ever pre-record out- outros, so yeah. we just do it on the fly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, the next time you hear from us, we're going to talk about Donkey Kong Land 1, mm-hmm. where uh, Mo and I have very different opinions, of, again, about a game. <laughs> well, it, 
I mean, we do have different opinions, but this one is is very different, I would say. Very uh, different. So that that's very something to look forward to. It's been a while since we had like definitely a clash of interests within a game. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think also somebody might have wanted what like we just asked in the discord if there were any games that people would would love to hear about and yes this is a more popular game which we usually don't do but but i think it's uh it's time we do this one it's, it's gonna be an interesting conversation for sure it will be a conversation that is for sure <laughs> <laughs> all right well until next time ta-ta see you all later These will only get better and better. Or worse. Like, e either or. <laughs>